Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Hey, everybody. As I have mentioned many times before, my hope for this podcast is that it remains inclusive and expansive and reaches as many people as possible from all different backgrounds, demographics, cultures, and interests. Generally, I do not craft these topics to target yogis specifically, even though much of my life studies are rooted in yoga and its mythology, history, systems, and rituals. A lot of the stories I tell and have told are certainly informed by this deep study I've spent many years on. And sometimes I decide to pull in a specific system or idea from those files because I know it will provide something exquisite for you. And so I'm super excited about today. I want to tell you about the malas. And the malas are a beautiful system of recognition and discovery. And I know this will be a gift for all of you, regardless of your background or your interest in yoga and its surrounding territories. The malas are about our humanness. And knowing about the malas and the ways they show up offer some ways to think about where we get stuck and what to do about that stuckness. The word mala means cloak or veil or something that covers us, covers in particular our perception of things. And I'm going to tell you about three malas or cloaks and these point to specific ways and places where we sometimes become blinded from our true selves, our essence, and our good stuff. So the first one is um, Anavamala, and this is the the cloak of low self-esteem. And it's generally too much emphasis on subject, on you, on yourself. It's when we get super stuck on our own insecurities, that we lose sight of everything else around us. So this is a place where our perceptions that we have about ourselves are incredibly skewed. Um, an example of this, I can think of one way that this has affected me. When I was younger, I battled with terrible skin and acne, and not just as a teenager, but but well into adulthood. And I can remember times, times that should have been very life-giving, like swimming with um, friends in the ocean, at the beach, or pool parties, or traveling with other people. I can remember times when I would become so preoccupied with covering my face up with makeup and trying to mask my insecurities about my skin that I would miss the whole party 
so to speak. I would miss the joy of what was going on around me because I was so wrapped up in how my face was being perceived. And I got to say, I probably lost years of, of joy and wonder while I was busy trying to position myself in the best light and the best makeup. And, um, and that makes me really sad now, being much older and more comfortable in my skin. I wish I had those years of preoccupation back. Um, it's hard to think about what I missed and what I was going through internally and the sadness I was going through internally while th- on the outside there was all this joy to be had. And I was so consumed with with that. Um, so that's Anavamala, too much subject, too wrapped up in yourself in the name of insecurity and low self-worth. Um, in terms of language, which I think is so so vastly important in terms of like how we speak to ourselves and how we speak about ourselves. There's a word, and I mentioned it before um, in a podcast long ago. It's the word is mantrika, and it means little mothers. So you've heard of mantra, like have a good mantra, have a positive mantra. Mantrika means little mothers. And so it is pointing to the syllables we speak the little mothers we speak give birth to the ideas that we hold about ourselves. So it's important that we start to speak highly of ourselves. It matters, even the words on the inside, because it starts to form who we are in our reality. And also, when you are speaking to yourself, notice whether you're wishy-washy, using non-assertive words like, maybe, or probably, or almost, or I don't know, like a non-committal tone about what you want and how you want to show up in the world and what you're calling in. So even if it doesn't feel like you're being cruel to yourself, even non-committal language can be a practice for these kinds of insecurities and a way to feed them. And so your language is a good place to begin cleaning up a little bit and standing and speaking in a more assertive and healthy truth. And I think when Anavamala gets really bad, then you will see things like cheating and lying, betrayal and withholding and secrecy. Because when someone's ultra focused on themselves, they forget how their actions are going to affect others. And so the medicine for Anavamala is a, is a couple things. It's primarily vulnerability, becoming familiar with our places of insecurities and looking deeper into the face of those, naming them. And then also just noticing, like, am I blowing things out of proportion? Am I treating myself with patience and respect the same that you would do to other people that you love? And that vulnerability and that transparency helps us when we're stuck in this mala to release the hold that those insecurities have over us and start to to grasp the joy that is to be had around us. Um, okay. Okay. 
So the next one is Maya Mala. Maya Mala. And this is the cloak of worrying about what everybody else thinks about you. Too much object. And sometimes when we're cloaked by this mala, we end up creating like a representation of ourselves that isn't really who we are. And so um, we can start to act instead of be pretending to be perfect all the time or happy all the time or something that is not truthful to our real feelings, which we know if we if you've ever done that, and I certainly have, it just is incredibly exhausting. We create this persona sometimes in order to get validation from others, which is so exhausting. And then we usually lose sight of our true strength and we end up searching for something, something like that feels like or looks like happiness or something far away out there that we think is going to solve everything, the magic pill, that we never find um, like the, the, the center truth of who we are because we're not being true to ourselves. And in the past, I have seen this mala or this cloak crop up for me when I am the new girl at the table. Um, like in the past, if I was dating somebody new, I think they would be dating my representative for the first few months because com- being completely true to who I was was always a little bit scary. Or even friendships. I, I think I've done this at the beginning that I would not want to bring my truest version to the first date. Um, out of fear of not being accepted. Some behaviors that tend to go along with my Yamala are competition, judgment, criticism, resentment, worthlessness, sadness, and just like kind of feeling separate from people. And, you know, this is, this is just another place of stuckness, but all of these malas are just fluid places in our lives. And with consciousness and awareness, we can move out of them. So they're not places that we have to live. They're just places that kind of come in and we and we name them and notice them and start to have some self-awareness about when they show up and what our triggers are. Um, and that's one of the keys to dissolving them. So the medicine for Mayamala is also ironically just the same as for Anavamala. It's vulnerability and standing in your truth, being yourself and putting, putting yourself in a state of equality with others instead of um, always placing yourself in the situation where you can be evaluated and validated by others or that you need to be validated by others to to ultimately give yourself permission to be right where you are without needing anything to change is super medicinal for um, when you get stuck like this. So easy to say, (laughs) right? So easy to say and not not always the easiest um, and simplest thing to apply. You know, um, I've, 
I have talked about this idea so many times in this podcast, but I think it's it's always worth saying again. Another antidote for Maya Mala is the remembrance that we are going to repel some people, that we, each of us are not meant to be loved by everybody. We're not meant to attract everybody. And once we recognize that, like really own that and accept that deeply on a cellular level, um, then that embracing makes it easier and less scary, I think, to to be ourself. Because when we do, then we that's when we start to attract and magnetize our people. And um, there is one thing that I know for sure that truly attracts people, many, many people, is someone who is absolutely being themselves, standing in all of that that they are, truly authentic and genuine. There is nothing more beautiful than someone who is doing that. Okay. Um, Karma Mala. This is the last one. This is the cloak of helplessness and hopelessness where we tend to feel that we have no agency or power to act. And um, it's kind of that feeling of I have too much to do, so I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) Typically, I have seen this one come about as a result of the other two malas operating. Um, It's how we can go into denial as the world is falling apart around us. And we don't know how to step up and and deal with the consequences or the circumstances that are in front of us. So this mala is like the head in the sand approach. And interestingly, karma mala is also connected to the doer mentality. We become attached to the meaning of what we do is the most important thing or what we've accomplished is the most important thing or creating too high of standards for ourselves that aren't really realistic. And this can leave us with a feeling of overwhelm and that we're never doing enough. And so also naturally that leads us to um, feelings of emptiness or that we're missing something. I have had this mala come up for me certainly in the um, overwhelm of motherhood of caring for two small children in the never-ending days um, with the house kind of getting away from me and all the meals I'm responsible for and the emotionality of small children and wondering if I'm caring for their feelings in a way that will support them now and later, tracking all the things that need to be tracked in the management of a home and family. And there are times when I have just shut down and pulled the blinds and stopped making good food and stopped cleaning and stopped exercising and binged, watched Law and Order. Because the overwhelm of not getting it all done sometimes becomes too much. And so at times I've decided to do nothing. And that is a really dark, dark and hard place to stay. But in my experience, it is a more painful place to stay than it is to leave. And so one of the most medicinal things we can do in that 
stuckness and that particular flavor of stuckness is to expose ourselves to our community, to trusting the people around us and to ask for help, to, you know, get somebody to take the kids for the afternoon, to, you know, stop in the middle of what you're doing and take a fresh air walk, to let go of the need to hold on to perfection and instead choose to be heartful, choose to reside in presence and to release in that moment and in that cycle of overwhelm to release the obligation of the grind and of the product of being um, accomplished in some way. And, you know, I think another important medicine for karma mala is play spontaneous playful activities that pull you away from your to-do list things that are life-giving and not on your routine and daily beaten path um, to catch yourself off guard and give yourself a free day of play and and even decadence and what that can do for the soul is just really sweet and if you haven't if you haven't done that in a long time trust me you should immediately um, do this for yourself those of you who are feeling feeling it all the way up to your neck go play because it can really flip the whole um, feeling of of hopelessness on its head i was talking to a friend the other day about raising children and she was saying she's really struggling with maintaining balance and wellness with just her nuclear family and she's really craving um, the old idea of a village to raise her kids and wants to open up her family unit to take some pressure off you know Um, and I know I know that she wasn't just talking about the pressure of day-to-day child care, but also she was speaking of um, the emotional and moral support, like a wider, a, a wider reach and perspective and what that can offer, like multi-generational influence, um, fluid support, communal cooking, you know, so everybody has time for play, time for art, time for rest and nourishment and for different kinds of connections um, that can span beyond our nuclear family support. You know, there's so many places in the world that do this, that live this way so beautifully, but we're so insular and so divided here in America. You know, this is mine, that is yours. Um, We have to put things on the calendar for months in advance to you know, to see people, play dates, deep conversations, all of those things have to be scheduled so far in advance nowadays. And I do think that karma mala and general overwhelm is certainly exacerbated by the way we live here in the West and our compartmentalized little lives that don't don't have much space for connection and for leaning on each other like they could. In general, the common medicine for all three malas is vulnerability and dedication to being the truest version of ourselves. And something I have discovered over time and discovered uh, probably the hardest way possible is that vulnerability is 
once you try it, easier than holding on to the masks that are not made out of truth. And that vulnerability involves sharing our struggles and the places that we are blocked with the people that we love and trust. Because we're not meant to expand to the best version of ourselves by ourselves. We're meant to do this in community. Um, There's a word in yoga. I don't know if I've shared this with you guys before, but the word is kula. And it means community of the heart. And it means chosen family. So kula doesn't necessarily have to be your blood family. It can be. But it's the people that you choose um, to spend your life with. And those are the people that we're meant to do this work alongside of. We need other people to help us. We need to bounce ideas off each other and, and, um, and come to a place of unwinding and discovery with one another. Uh, because it doesn't happen in a vacuum by itself. It happens in the company of others, of good company. There's a word, a beautiful word, Kalyanamitra. And it's also a yoga term, Kalyanamitra, and it means the company of great beings. Keep the company of great beings, because if you do, that is what you will be. You are the company you keep, so keep great company. All um, all the malas are, are kind of traps that we at one time get into, one time or another get into, and they wrap us up, but they're pretty simple to unwind. And the unwinding of those is truth and speaking that truth and just getting back to the basis of who you are. So the key is recognition and transparency and naming it. And there doesn't have to be any shame attached. You know, um, malas are all all human ways of getting covered up once in a while. It it happens to the best of us. And once we notice it, it's easy to redirect and start again, especially if we notice it rather quickly. And once we notice that our stuckness has shown up, then it can be easy to redirect and to start again. I think a lot, especially lately, about time and how time is not a renewable resource, how we can't get it back. So who you spend time with, how you spend your time is so incredibly important. Um, So I would encourage you to let the company that you choose reflect that. And in order to truly expand, we have to look at the things that limit us and hold us back. The malas, though they're usually painful, are are ultimately gifts that allow us to reframe our experience and our beliefs about ourselves. And in terms of the names of these malas, Anavamala, Mayamala, and Karmamala, it's not important that you remember the names in particular, but that you you just remember the humanness in them and be able to recognize those in yourself when they crop up and see the possibility of shedding them for a more heartful life. There's so there's so much to do, so much wonder and beauty to be had, so much to be relished 
even with all the heartbreak in the world that is very current and real. So we have to keep shedding these cloaks day after day, you know, and I I can tell you it's not a one-time shed. It's not a box to be checked. It's regular maintenance. It's like um, the dust bunnies that continue to accumulate under the bed that you have to keep getting out over time. You know, it's not and never will be just a one-time deep clean. This is what we're doing as seekers. This is a life's work, a continual examination and a continuous return to a heart-centered and malleable existence that keeps evolving. Okay. Whew, that was a lot. Um, but super sweet to think about and celebrate those things and those um, places where we can shed our skin. I love and appreciate you all. Thank you for being my Kalyana Mitra. And thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this podcast. Um, take care of yourselves and of one another. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.